0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Well, thanks so much for joining us for another week of Take Two. Yet again, more unusual circumstances. I am coming from the uh, extra bedroom in my home. The Lieutenant Governor joining us today from his now famous book bookcase that has been raided online by the Internet Raiders of Rooms. It's a thing now these days. So thanks for being with us.
1: Thanks, Heidi, it's great to be with you again.
0: Um, You have had a busy schedule, I'm sure, Tell me what your normal days are like right now. Are you still driving uh, home every night after driving up to Salt Lake, or are you doing a lot of teleconferencing? How are you making it all work?
1: Yeah, a, a little bit of both. Um, so uh, my days start very early in the morning. The um, most days I'm up by four, 4.30, and they end uh, very late at night. Uh, most days I am at the Capitol. Uh, today is one of those rare days where um, I am at home and, and working from here. And I've never used so many telecommuting platforms. All <laughs> All of them every day it feels like just like we're doing today
0: I know I have my assistant here I've done several zooms from home and I've had to have my son push a button every time there's like one button I forget each time to make it fully work so it's definitely a new life so you're getting up at 4 30 in the morning you're lucky you don't have to have like hair that needs like a whole wash blowout thing every day that'd get complicated that'd be an extra hour early if you did
1: I, I do have that going for me I, I did see Senator <laughs> Romney on a zoom call the other day you know, looked like he needed a haircut. Um, it's the first time anyone's ever been jealous of my hair.
0: Awesome, I know, I, I am jealous. So right now it's a strange time because this is uh, the state convention, normally it just happens on Saturday, but it's underway, happening right now. People are voting, tell me what it's been um, like because you recorded your final speech, you sent it in. Is it strange knowing that you left control to the internet and now you just wait?
1: Yeah, you know, this has been a, a really surreal convention. Everything we had kind of planned to do uh, didn't happen the way it was supposed to, um, for a couple reasons. And again, my circumstances have been very unique. Um, I've done almost no campaigning at all over the past uh, the past six weeks, as my uh, every moment has been taken up by by the response to this virus. And so I've been very fortunate. My uh, my running mate, uh, Senator Deidre Henderson, has has basically been running the campaign. So she's been doing. Many of the town halls and 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 calling delegates. Um, this week, for the first time, uh, I was able to do two town halls, and so it was good to connect and be able to answer questions again via Zoom, like we're we're doing right now. And and, and yeah, uh, you know, we, we took a few minutes, and recorded a a video, and sent it in. And and uh, and so this is this is unlike anything we've ever experienced. It's a three day convention, um, but but I will say it looks like the weather is going to be really nice on Saturday. And so right those. 4,000 delegates are, are pretty excited that they could just vote on their on their phones in a few minutes, watch the videos, and be done for the day.
0: So I know a lot of the candidates, and you're a little different in the position you're in right now. They've been calling and talking to delegates and trying to do their campaigning in other ways. Have you been doing any of that where you're trying to contact the delegates, or has that been something that's all been left up to Deidre?
1: Yeah, I, I've not been doing that, unfortunately, and it breaks my heart because um, we had we had incredible plans uh, every day, every evening, every night. We knew what we were going to do on the campaign. And we basically had to just, just throw that out the window. Um, I've probably this week, I made my very first delegate call. Um, I've talked to about 15 of the, of the 4,000 delegates. And, uh, it's, it's just crushing that I haven't been able to do that, but, um, they, they understand. Uh, look, my, I was elected to be the lieutenant governor. I'm still the lieutenant governor. Um, that I swore an oath to do that job first and foremost. And that's more important than the campaigning. And so we'll, we'll pick up the pieces and, and hopefully as, as things, uh, Improve. We'll get an opportunity to uh, to hit the campaign trail um, some nights over the past next, uh, the weeks that are coming.
0: Was it something you were planning on really hitting the convention hard because you uh, got your twenty eight thousand signatures? It was a lot, and had those done. Did you still want to talk to delegates, or once you, you're on the ballot, it doesn't really matter?
1: Yeah, no. I, I, I've always been a big supporter of the caucus and convention system, and, and I think it's really a, a healthy process um, that, that requires us to have those those. Con- Conversation. And uh, I, I'm I'm fortunate that I did start the campaign. I was early I was the, the first to uh to uh, announce that I was running for governor. Um, and we had a we had a goal to visit all 248 cities and towns. We made it to 205 of those, and so I did get to meet with people in their homes and in their communities. And I held. Uh, hundreds of 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 town halls and service projects along the way. So I got that experience, even though not in this tight convention frame. And and I'm grateful for that. But yeah, we we did we did plan to uh, to fully engage in the uh, in the convention process. Um, I, I've been a delegate. I, I am a delegate now, a state delegate. Um, I've been a delegate since uh, I you know I was first able to vote at the county level and, and then at the state level. And uh, it's something I, I really believe in, and I'm grateful for the the 4,000 delegates that are serving this weekend.
0: I'm excited to see how it turns out. I know the state's kind of uh, being one that's being watched right now because nationally they're talking about whether or not it can even work to how let alone having delegates voting on their phones. So hopefully this is something that we can do right and other people can look at and say, okay, this might work in the future. So uh, one thing that you're my last uh, gubernatorial candidate I'm talking to before the convention, and as I've been talking to candidates over the last month or two, And also listening to people online, some people have been concerned that maybe you did have um, a bit of an advantage with the job that you're in right now. Not only are you the lieutenant governor, but you're also heading up the coronavirus task force. So while I'm sure it's a big weight and pressure on you and you've got a lot on your shoulders, some people see it as an advantage where you get to lead right now in places they'd like to. Uh, Your thoughts on that?
1: Well, look, I, I I understand politics, and and the way politics works is you have to find a way to tear other people down, and and uh, we've uh, we we've made this a goal of ours to uh, to run a positive campaign, and uh, and that's that's I'm, I'm not you know I'm not going to say anything about about those uh, that would would be critical of that. I, I I do like to imagine what they would say if I was not doing my job, and. And, and not involved in the criticisms that would come that way. But look, um, the uh, the governor back uh, very, very early on. Um, the president uh, uh, appointed the vice president to to help lead that effort, and uh, and they've been working very closely together. And and the governor saw that model and felt like that, that was an important model. Um, we uh, we have a, a very good relationship, and, and make no mistake, the governor is leading this effort. It is it is not me. The the role of the task force is simply an advisory one, um, and uh, it's the governor and uh, legislative leadership that are making those uh, those very hard decisions. But this isn't all hands on deck. This is so much bigger than any one person or any one campaign or any one issue. Um, I'm not using this for political gain. Um, that's not the purpose of this. We're, we're trying. <laughs> we we are in the greatest crisis of our lifetimes, the greatest health and economic crisis. Um, this, this is not a time for uh, for petty politics. This is a time for all of us to step up and lead. And everyone has a role to play in this. The, the governor the lieutenant governor, um, my you know my aunt who's sewing masks um, every day to to help out. Uh, th- this is what's incredible about Utah. We all step up and we don't care who gets the credit. And uh, and, and that's that's what we're doing. Um, I, I don't see it as an advantage. I, I see it the other way around. I would love to be out there having the, the conversations with the delegates and others that I've had to miss. And so um, we're but but we're going to do what we believe is correct. And and ultimately uh, the voters will decide.
0: I would have to say that it might be a double-edged sword as well. Not everyone is happy with the way things are going. We've been seeing uh, rallies also going on right now where people saying, you know, it's time to open business. And uh, so far they've been peaceful, but downtown in Salt Lake City there were a lot of people. They didn't social distance. But there are people at home that are concerned about the economy, and they say that we're not all in the same boat. Some of us have livelihoods and businesses that aren't going. And so what do you say to the people who are protesting? Are you listening to them is what they're saying mattering to what you talk about behind closed doors?
1: Yeah, what what I would say to them is that, that I agree that we have to do more to, uh, to get the economy going. Look, this is, uh, this is, we, we, and, and you're right about the double-edged sword, right? I've got, I've got a whole group of people, uh, that, that are, are saying we're not doing nearly enough. And, uh, and another group of people that are saying we are, we are doing way too much. And, and so what, what we're doing is we're, we're working with the data and we're working with the experts. And, uh, we're, we're making, again, the, the governor, uh, legislative leadership and, and as, as an advisory group, we're giving them the, the very best information that we can to uh, to make those decisions. I, I think it's important to point out from, from the very beginning, we were the very first state to uh, to come up with an economic recovery plan, we we led the nation in private sector job growth over the last ten years. We had the lowest unemployment in our state's history and in in the country leading into this. Um, we included on our task force economic leaders, and uh, in fact, we uh, we were the first state to uh, to uh, to come up with an economic. Uh, subtask group that is working through all of those those issues and we have the most robust plan. We have had multiple states contact us over the past week to adopt our plan in their states uh, moving forward. And the good news is we are starting to open up when things up. We've opened our, our state parks. Um, we've begun elective surgeries. We're one of the first states in the nation to begin elective surgeries this week. And, uh, and and all things moving the way they are. It looks like we will be one of the first states to start opening up um, in-room in dining uh, for our restaurants and other pieces of the economy. I would also point out that we were one of only eight states that did not do a statewide shelter-in-place order um, because Utah's responded and, uh, and because we were able to not have to define essential and non-essential businesses. And uh, many of those businesses were able to stay open. Now, I also recognize there's immense economic harm that has been done here, and uh, and we can't overlook that at all. This is absolutely critical. But I believe that Utah is as well positioned, better positioned than any other state to come out of this crisis in a positive way. And that's because of the leadership of the people of the state, our business leaders, um, and, and, and the employees that have made so many sacrifices during this crisis.
0: Each day we hear about what the task force is doing and how there's um, subsections of the task force. Yesterday we were talking about how uh, you were going to work translating into different languages to make sure that um, different ethnicities have the help they needed. One thing that I've heard from several businesses as we're talking to them, whether it's Hale Center Theater that has a brand new 900-seat theater or the Real Salt Lake um, soccer stadium or the aquarium that wants you know to let moms and kids back in, they have huge crowds, but they don't know exactly how to plan and when when they may be able to get back in business and paying their mortgage and the giant debts they have too. Is there anyone looking at specific businesses like this about how they'll eventually be able to get back to work and make sure that they can stay afloat through this?
1: Yeah, yeah, there is. In fact, uh, as part of the uh, the Economic Recovery Task Force, there is a group specifically looking at. Mass gatherings, and uh, that is being led uh, by by folks from uh, from Vivin Arena and uh, and others. Um, you know, looking at Tuicon the Shakespeare Festival, all of those different groups that are are going to be trying to figure out when, how, how soon can we open, and to what does that look like as as they open? How are we able to maintain um, distance? Um, mask wearing, we know, is going to be really important in those areas where we are in close proximity to limit the uh, the, the the possibility of of infection or. Spread. How do we disinfect those areas uh, to make sure that we're not leaving behind, you know, traces of the virus if you have an infected person come in there? So that, that group is meeting regularly and uh, they will be making recommendations uh, to us over the next few days.
0: And do you have a magic ball yet that says, hey, we might be in a pack crowd like that with masks on with our Utah Jazz masks or our Shakespeare masks at, at a certain time? Are we thinking, you know, we can do this in June or July or August or September or hard to say at this point?
1: Yeah, I wish, I wish I did have that. Uh, that that crystal ball and and could look ahead um, as as we as the, this economic recovery plan has come out and we've mentioned that it, it's more of a dial than a light switch and so we're, we're still learning a lot about this uh, this virus. Um, one of the things we're really excited about is that we uh, over over the next few days we will be launching uh, a surveillance test where we will be testing both the traditional test and the the blood test, the antibody mm-hmm. test. Um, Twelve thousand Utahns that will be randomly selected, so we'll know more about the the spread. Of this virus, and that will help inform us as to uh, what the, what the true mortality rate is and how how much it is already spread uh, throughout the uh, throughout the population, and 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 that will will help guide us. There's also some um, some information out there that looks like there is some seasonality to this. As the weather warms up, it may not be able to uh, transmit as easily as it does during colder temperatures. Um, that that's a, a, a double edged sword: better for summer, um, worse for a, a potential second wave in the fall. So we'll need to watch that very carefully. We're still learning about how effective masks are. Um, There's some great data out there that it can take the transmission rate um, from about a 70% infection rate down to about 1.5% if if people are wearing masks. And so just
0: the cotton ones or they have to be medical grade?
1: No, no, just the cotton ones. If if both the uh, an infected person and an uninfected person are both wearing masks, even if they don't know they have it, um, uh, if they're they're uh, asymptomatic, um, that there is a, a significant reduction in the potential of uh, of infecting other people uh, uh, around them. Just the cotton mask, even if it's a a bandana or a t shirt, because we know it's spread through droplets, and that prevents those droplets from from getting out into the air or or on surfaces. And so those are the, the numbers, as, and, and every day we're getting new research and new data. I mean, the University of Utah has been doing studies themselves. And so that's really going to help uh, inform us as to how soon we can do that and uh, what that looks like. Do we still have to have six feet? In those venues, uh, can it be something less than that if we're wearing masks? How does how does that transmission happen? And then, how do we protect the most vulnerable um, and, and make sure that those that are that are you know over the age of seventy, those who have underlying immunocompromised uh, situations or other underlying health conditions, that we're protecting them and uh, and slowing the rate of spread at the same time.
0: A lot to concentrate on. Do you have any idea of how many people are working on all of these subcommittees and committees of the task force trying to problem solve for the state right now?
1: Wow, that's a, that's a great question. Um, what, what's amazing about the state is that everyone really does step up. We have just on the um, the economic recovery group, that, and there's a, there's a subgroup that is working on best practices for every industry. Mm-hmm. We have a we have a twenty page addendum to the plan that that helps them know the, the best ways to. Uh, Reopen just on that group. There's about 150 um, business leaders and association leaders that are involved uh, involved there. So I, I would say um, we we have easily 300 people that are involved in in, in gathering information and help making decisions that uh, that will, will help the state reopen and again protect the health and safety of Utahns.
0: It's good to know all those brains are out there. But before we let you go, because I know you're busy, tell me what it's like at your house. Uh, we've got finals at my house right now. Utah State finals for a week. Uh, A college of science going on in one room and then downstairs I've got the eighth grader doing homework and I actually like having my kids home because I don't see them a lot because of the hours I work so I'm loving it not everyone how about your house.
1: You know, it's been really interesting um, as the campaign was going on. My wife was with me uh, very much, and and I remember we were, we were kind of lamenting that we were parents in in absentia. My my parents, my kids' grandparents, were watching our two youngest often one in middle school, one in high school. And, and uh, th- then everything changed, and uh, we now have all of our kids back under one roof th- roof. Something we thought maybe would never happen again. And uh, my wife is now here every day, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's driving her a little crazy. and and the kids I think at times, but it's also been pretty special. Um, my son, my oldest, who's at college at SUU just finished his last final yesterday. Um, we have a son that was on a, on a mission in Tahiti who is now home much earlier than expected. Um, we have our our high school student, our middle school Mm -hmm. student, and they're doing their work and still practicing the piano and and doing all of those things and complaining about it every day. And, uh, and so Mm -hmm. it's, it's been, uh, you know, there, there aren't many silver linings in this, but, but this has been one for our family. I have,